regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features show. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the podcast <laughs> in which we make Log upset because he's in a sort of angry energy space where he'll giggle while calling us pieces of shit. You know, I'm Joe Scrabbles. Of shit. And I I'm love Joe you. Scrabbles. I'm a piece of shit. Steve Hogarty. <laughs> Are you a piece Hello, of shit? My name is Steve Hogarty, and I'm pe- I'm a piece of shit too. <laughs> too Log, right you are, John Log Blythe. Can you Hello? claim to be also a piece of shit, or are you above such things? Let he who is not a piece of shit cast the first, the first piece, piece of shit. Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I am just diving in there with you in the fucking pool of shit. I I want nothing more than to wallow with my boys in the squalor that is. Us. Well, we're going to talk in short order about why logs in such a strange place and will be love- for the duration of this episode. <laughs> he describes himself as coiled at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And I don't think he's uncoiled at all. No, he said he's he was coiled like an, an iron tiger and he's going to be. <laughs> I mean, he's fucking tigerish as fuck, as we've just found out from him getting angry at us for doing things we do every week on the podcast. It's been great. Well, now you just make me want to sound normal and level-headed. So I make I don't think- you look like you're being weird. We I don't have- think I'm pulling it. Am I pulling it off? We have an hour... <laughs> After this, to prove that that's simply not the case. <laughs> Fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not introducing any of the features. Let's just get into why Log's so furious today. I do love you. <laughs> I like a regular feature. You like a regular feature too. Regular, regular feature too. Malfunction. Malfunction. Yeah. So look, are you high on to you? Are you high on fury, or are you high on? You said competence. You've come in with a mad energy. Do you know when you feel when you? Do you know what it's like when you're running a pub and you say mm-hmm. to everyone, "I've just got to go home at nine o'clock tonight because I I do a podcast. It's called Regular Features, and it is." It's the podcast that's the same every week. You know that. And you have been listening to it <laughs> over the tannoy all day. And yes, yeah. I do think your pub has a tannoy in the old, the tinny old tannoy. <laughs> Heidi, hi, campers. It's time for your regular enforced entertainment. <laughs> I'm imagining those big old, uh, like, fluted speakers on sticks, like in Shawshank Redemption, when he plays the nice music oh, yeah. for all the prisoners. That's what I'm thinking is in your pub. Ah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know that they're big and fluted. That really mm. helps you, helps you hear it. What <laughs> happened in the pub, Log? Oh yeah, it all started <laughs> when something went wrong, and I dealt with it. And then something else went wrong while someone was saying something to me, and I began to feel that tear in my personality when I was thinking, "No, this is two things now, and I can't talk to you both. One of you needs to stop talking." And then the third thing happened, and I literally exploded over everyone. (laughs) So so what can go wrong in... uh, I'm naive. What can go wrong running a pub? Like, what, the pipe gets blocked with a cork? Oh, I I understand. That was a dissatisfying story, because it was the the most general story in the world. (laughs) But, um... Okay, so one thing that happened is that one of my card machines started um, reporting a printer error. Mm Mm-hmm. So okay. I decided to fix it in the ways I knew how, changing the role of paper within it, rebooting it, because we all know that works. Thanks, Graham Linehan, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> He's right about something. Yeah, that's the one thing he got right in his stupid cunt life. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think that. it's entirely reasonable. <laughs> Look, he case. listens to this podcast. Actually, that's very rude. <laughs> so, um, so while that was happening, I am. Um, well, this isn't over yet. Um, I was trying to fix it. I changed the role. I turned it off and on again. And when that didn't work, I decided I had to phone the hotline. Police. The, oh. the hotline, <laughs> which is Till Roll Police. <laughs> 
They're very, <laughs> they're very helpful. They, they, the fourth um, emergency service. Unfortunately, they fuck you, the do... lifeguards, not lifeguards, <laughs> coast guards. <laughs> yeah, no, no, fuck them as well. Fuck them all. Because they did none of those lot were queuing up to help me tonight while I was on the mm. phone in my too small bar, pressed too up. busy pulling refugees out of the channel to help <laughs> you with your bloody card machine, run out oh. of bloody receipt paper, wearing little red pants, having a grand <laughs> old time in the sun, volunteering. I so I had to use my phone and stay by the card machine to try and fix it, and which that is in the smallest, the the biggest bottleneck. I mean, when I say biggest bottleneck, that means the smallest corridor. Smallest bottleneck. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was on my phone, tightly pressed up against it with my not fat, not unfat body, uh, with people squeezing past me while I was just trying to just, just try. If you can imagine my hands pressed against my face while I try to finger a battery out of a tiny device, and then the... The hatch holding it falls onto the floor, and I shout, "Fuck this!" And then my staff go, "What? What's wrong?" I know it's fine. I'm just shouting, "Fuck this!" at a small plastic hatch, not you. And, and oh, hang on. Is, uh, your phone is it attached to the wall like in Mary Poppins? No, my phone's pressed against my ear, so I'm already uncomfortable. And now, now the Guinness is gone, and they say they can't change the Guinness because something's gone wrong with the Guinness. Cork in the pipe. It's a cork in the pipe. That's <laughs> Someone dropped a hatch on the tube. <laughs> and then ten really attractive blokes walk in, and I'm stood ten. there looking like a fucking hunchback with my ear to my hole. <laughs> they were like, we'd all like Guinness, actually, and we'll shag you if you can give it to we us. We want a big also, bowl of Guinness say- with ten straws and your <laughs> bum hole. <laughs> I think you just said you had your ear to your hole. I don't know what kind of configuration you were in to get that working. But oh, the whole of my phone. I own my phone. It's my hole. Every hole. Every hole in my phone. I own. Oh, I see. Just so you Sorry. refer to each little hole individually. <laughs> every hole on a device I own is my hole, and therefore my anus. <laughs> Fuck you for trying to make this about you. What did the men? So all the men marched in. These oh. handsome men. Oh my god. So by that stage, I had my phone in my shoulder, and I went to the top of the stairs, the top of the stairs to the cellar where. Because one person had tried to change it and it wasn't working, two of my members of staff had gone down there to just funny about and tra-la-la around the Guinness. <laughs> so I was at the top of the... It's like in a, in a horror film when like, yes. people keep going out to investigate. They don't come back. Don't go after them. There's a monster down there. I'm imagining the end of The Witch, like they're just all doing a sinister dance quietly around the Guinness. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to try and do it you now because I... I said it to Stuart earlier, and he flinched because I tried to do the voice I did. So cause I was at the stop. I was at the top of the phone with the tech services guy on my ear, and I shouted, "Come on, you come upstairs now, please!" <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sorry, Stuart. <laughs> In that exact tone. I mean, that was an angry voice. I've never. I heard really, you snap like that. I really hope Stuart just bursts into the room now. <laughs> <laughs> Holding trays of different food. <laughs> Stuart, Stuart, Stuart said he was in his room, so I hope he heard me saying, sorry, Stuart. But fuck me. After doing that big shout, and then realising that, that I was still on the phone to the guy, <laughs> I went, oh, that wasn't at you. <laughs> I know you're not downstairs. <laughs> I know how phones work. <laughs> They're not gravity based. <laughs> you don't have to shout to go down and whisper to go up. Like, I know how phones work. <laughs> I dare say that the card machine till repairman has heard many a landlord screaming <laughs> angrily at their staff. Yeah, yeah. Because the card machine's down and stress is high. Yeah, I did say, I bet you get a lot of this on a Friday night. And he said, it's okay. Not, I forgive you. Mm. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. 
it gets better. He <laughs> <laughs> did. He did sound quite gay, and I was, I was on the verge of saying, "Do you want to go for a kiss one night, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Tilroll, policeman?" Yeah, you can f- fill my receipt chamber you with can, your paper. <laughs> you and can when produce it gets a little the red, red stripe on it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the little red stripe. Yeah, you landlords think that's a secret code that only you understand, but I fucking figured it out. When the red mark's on that, I know it's running out. Little, you think it's just for you? It's actually, it's a uh, common knowledge now. The Enigma code's been broken. Yeah, that's like how if you hear about <laughs> someone calling for someone was calling for Inspector Sands in a tube yeah. station these days, everyone's like, <laughs> fucking bomb. So we get oh, it. <laughs> I did ask at uh, the Virgin Gym recently because they said something and it sounded like nonsense over the phone, over the tannoy. The tannoy, yes. They they mm. have them everywhere these days. <laughs> and um and they said, no, that was nuts. They have code 99 and code 98. That's it. And code 99 oh. if someone's passed oh. out and is going to shit themselves soon. Well, so what did you hear? Was it something like... Can Billy Bambridge pick up the free weights? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it was Wayne Bambridge. That's weird. <laughs> well, so that's the energy that you're coming into the podcast with. Oh, I, thank God it's I've spent success. that energy now. You, Lovely. You, you feel, do you feel like you've concluded a full day's of, of productive good work and now you're relaxed? Or are you on edge and ready to do features? <laughs> I feel coiled like a... Don't say spring. An iron tiger. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's do some features then. I can't wait. (laughs) Let's uncoil you. (laughs) Nadine Coil over here. (laughs) Oh, from the Coil Sisters. Nice. (laughs) The Coil Sisters. That's what you said last week. Oh, that was what Matt said. Am I to understand that neither of you respect the holiday of Valentine's Day? True. Yeah. As homo... uh, And I don't want to speak for Log. As homosexual men, we have cast off all of your straight frivolity Mm. Mm -hmm. vis-a-vis the Hallmark holiday. Yeah. Just to sell balloons shaped like hearts called yeah. Valentine's Day. Weak. That is some straight bullshit. And I won't have you shove it down my throat in front of my gay kids. Yeah, well, this is while it. While I'm trying to just have a nice time having a picnic in the park, just keep it behind closed doors. I'm fine with it. Just don't put it in front of me. You've said all these exact jokes to me in private in our WhatsApp group, and I want to air that dirty laundry, because all I said was, I couldn't play Sea of Thieves on Monday, and then you threw all this Valentine's shit at me. I didn't realise... I just got gay-bashed by my best friend, Joe. (laughs) Gay-bashed in as much as he said, I can't be on the high seas, I'm having a late supper with my soon-to-be wife. (laughs) Having a date with a girl. That's, That's, that counts as gay bashing, Joe. Uh, so I've learned. Well, I think that I you... I think you're better than that, Joe. Is that I, Look, I'm not angry. Neither of you are romantic enough. That's the problem. I've seen both of you swanning about in your relationships, pretending you're in love. But I've learned that neither of you have enough love in your heart. And I'm here, not angrily... To just get you in a more romantic mood to see if by Monday I can get you out on the town eating uh, at a ZZ. Go on. Eating what? (laughs) (laughs) Eating at a ZZ first and then eating what you pleasey later that evening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Is this going to be your rhyming feature? No, I purposely (laughs) took out a rhyme so I couldn't be accused of stealing your stuff. Uh, what I've done is I've written about the king of the Valentine's holiday in a short choose-your-own-adventure designed to get you in the romantic mood, and it's called You Are Cupid's Defence Lawyer. Can You Stop Him Going to Jail for Securities Fraud? <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm going to okay. do this. Now I'm open to the idea of Valentine's. <laughs> exactly. Fin- finally, I feel like I can put my law degree to use as well. Exactly. I think this is really going to... You're really going to test your metal 
Things don't look good for Cupid. Someone at Sex HQ says they saw him sneaking into the president's office, grabbing the big book that says who's porking who and how much and from what direction, and he stuffed it in his big nappy and waddled out. <laughs> Days later, the president of Sex HQ tearfully announced that global porking was at an all-time low, with unprecedented <laughs> dips in the doggy, downward doggy, and side-to-side boogaloo markets. While the rest of Sex HQ went into panic, CCTV footage caught a delighted-looking Cupid in a darkened corner, pumping his fist and visibly saying, Yes! Soon after, Cupid turned up to work in a brand new Subaru Impreza, talked for rally driving. Asked how he could afford such a vehicle, Cupid said he'd won a big race, but was unable to say where or when or how he could even could have done, given that he bought the rally car he would have needed to take part in the rally with a supposed prize money from the self-same race. Subsequent forensic accounting revealed that Cupid it's, it's had... It's the cause-effect sh- rally. It's the cause-effect <laughs> yeah. rally. We all know about it. <laughs> Carry on, you beauty. That's fun. <laughs> Subsequent forensic accounting revealed that Cupid had short-sold huge amounts of Sex HQ stock shortly before the global porking crash. The president of Sex HQ began to suspect that the porking book had been tampered with because someone had left a receipt in between the pages of the book, a receipt that included charges for Tipex and a Subaru Impreza. That's where you come in. You're the best defence lawyer in heaven, which is where Sex HQ is, and all of this happened. You've already tried to get Cupid off on a technicality for being what looks like a baby, but unfortunately, <laughs> he loudly discussed how big all the jury's hogs and titties looked like when he came in the courtroom, and the judge heard it all, so it's no dice on that one. So do you A. Make a reasoned case for the legality of short-selling and point out that the pork book receipt could have been for anyone's Subaru Impreza. And in fact, why don't they ask the president of Sex HQ if he had a Subaru Impreza somewhere and it was actually his receipt and he just forgot. Or B, grab Cupid by the back of the nappy and make a break for it. I think the burden of proof is, um, well, Cupid's innocent to proven guilty beyond reasonable doubt. Mm. I, I In an can... American court, which is the is God's court. <laughs> and God, Cupid works for God, right? He's like an angel. Mm, <laughs> is he like a, is he's oh. in the Bible, right? He, I think Cupid turns up uh, halfway through Matthew and all the other gospels didn't really pay attention to him. But Matthew's bursts like, out of Matthew's chest. <laughs> get, a, get a look at this guy. <laughs> well, I can remember hoist him up by the nappy, but if you can remember the first option, Steve... Feel free to say it word for word. (laughs) Turn it, yeah, like, so deny, 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 and put the uh, prosecution on the back foot. Okay. The prosecution immediately says they did check whether the president had a Subaru Impreza, and he doesn't have a Subaru Impreza. He has a Subaru Forester. And who's going to have two Subarus, except for maybe Subaru founder Chikuhei Nakajima? Get real. They're dancing to our fiddle now. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I beg to differ, because you panic and grab Cupid by the back of the nappy and make a break for it. (laughs) Oh no, our fiddle. (laughs) To the sounds of a broken fiddle, Cupid screams, No! No! I want to fight my case! As you yank him, arse first along with you out of the nearest window. Heaven doesn't actually have police, so no one chases you, but you hide out on the dark side of a cloud for the next 30 years just in case. Eventually, you both realise that it's not just your fugitive lifestyle keeping you together. It's love. The kind of love where you enjoy surprising the other with a breakfast of cloud eggs. The kind of love where you'll happily clean Cupid's nappy. Not because he's actually a baby, it's just because if you're wearing a nappy, you might as well use it. And it's the kind of love that when Cupid Cupid eventually dies peacefully in bed at the age of just 52, you dedicate the rest of your life to charity work in his name with your foundation, Cupid's Big House for Little Pervs. The end. I like the idea that Cupid's nappy is just a nest in which he lays his eggs. I didn't even think about the eggs coming from him. I just thought you could find eggs in a cloud. But you're right. Maybe they did come out well, of him. Maybe his maybe his, na- his nappy is made of the same material that God mm. made clouds out of. Mm. Egg limited material. Egg, egg holders. Yeah, that's it. They don't have, like, trees and dirt and rocks in heaven. They've just got clouds. So 
It follows that everything, including nappies, must be made of clouds. It's all eggs and things that can or cannot contain an egg. Exactly. Now, that right. I do want to check. Uh, do either of you feel more romantic or ready for Valentine's Day after that? No. In, if anything, I feel less romantic after that Valentine's story. Yeah. I'm trying I'm... to defend Cupid. I feel like the... What is love? It, Cupid's mission feels like it's self-centered, paid for his Subaru, sex HQ, he mm. short or just stuck. Mm. Where does that leave me as a mere mortal trying to find love in this crazy, crazy world? You're absolutely right. You know what? I agree. And that's why, to get you more in the mood, I will follow this with a cover of one of the greatest love songs ever written, which is Kiss oh Me by God. Sixpence None the Richer. This is just. Uh, this is based on a B name of two years ago. No, it's the song "Kiss Me" by Sixpence None the Richer, which I heard in a Tesco two days ago and didn't stop thinking about. So I've sung it. It's just a cover. There's nothing funny about it. It's just three and a half minutes of me singing "Kiss Me" by Sixpence None the Richer. I'm deadly serious. This is just a cover of "Kiss Me." Kiss me. Out of the bearded barley Nightly Beside the green, green grass Swing, swing Swing the spinning step You wear those shoes And I will wear that dress Oh, kiss me Beneath the milky twilight Wait now what is a milky twilight? I know the song needs to continue now, but I really just have to ask about the twilight. And why it's milky. Twilights are not considered milky. I've seen some twilights in my time They've been oranger of that ilk They sure as shit didn't look like fucking milk Oh, tell me about this milky twilight Show me how it got so milky Or did you panic when you didn't have enough syllables When you wrote about Twilight And said it was milky Which is unusual phrasing <laughs> You unlock this door with the key of imagination Beyond it is another dimension A dimension of house A dimension of udders A dimension of milk You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance Of curds and Milky, you spilt milk on my twilight. Milky, I have to clean that up. You spilt some semi-skim upon the twilight, and now if I don't wipe it up, my twilight will begin to stink. Oh, milky. Me by sixpence none the richer. And if that has the radio edit, I believe. Uh, yes. Uh, where they add the swearing just to take you by surprise. You've listened to the album version all that all those times you've been like, oh sh- wow. Radio two's gone off the fucking wall today. Radio one extra, that shit, baby. <laughs> get, get that on Charlie Bellows or whatever that goes. 
show is called. Nobody uh, knows his name. That's reminded me of the meaning of love. I don't know about Good. you, Log, but I'd lost it. I didn't realise that as a gay man, I'd actually lost the meaning of love, which is the relationship between a man and a woman. <laughs> that's now. not what I've been saying. I want to clear that up. <laughs> no, you've set me straight, Joe. I've, I've set you straight. All I know is that I like seeing my friends healed. Mm. <laughs> hey, and if I wanted healing... It's my right to go seek that out from Joe, who wants to convert me back to mm-hmm. the righteous path. And to be honest, I like this podcast when you were straight and I was trying to fuck you. So let's, <laughs> let's get back to episode 12, baby. <laughs> just... Is that a good ending to that feature? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> let's just Very go good. with it. Just one more feature. It to me, <laughs> delicious ice cream. God, I'm sorry, you're recording from Italy. Regular features, boys. As you know, last week I was in Bognor Regis for for to see a Sophie Ellis Baxter and a uh, a Nadine Coyle. Nadine Coyle, doing yes, songs. Dancing around and also, giving us... Don't forget advice. Charlotte Church. I will not forget Charlotte Church. That's and not. Charlotte Church. <laughs> doing a you. fun DJ set. Um, I didn't really speak about the wider the wider weekend that we had there. Uh, exploring the delights of Bognor Regis. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the attractions and sites that you can see around there. Some amazing pubs that we went to. Um, exceptionally friendly people. Had an amazing roast. All right. There was a chi- Gay lord. we went to... <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, just call me a gay lord. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I, it's nice going to some pubs, but I don't want to hear about you getting fucking taking it in your mouth and ass, mate. <laughs> I didn't say spit roast. Oh, sorry. I just assumed. <laughs> you know what they say about assuming. What's going on on this one <laughs> today? Weirdly aggressive take on the beginning of my feature. <laughs> I mean, we did spend the entire start of this podcast talking about how Log has an odd, manic, aggressive energy. So, And he's literally sitting in a room that is red around him. So it just looks like he's in fucking hell, ready to attack. Hey, Google. Spare room lights, bright white. <laughs> Just what an angry man would do to make himself look sickly and pale. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily, I'm still rosy enough from my own fucking complexion that I still look as red as I did before. Um, anyway, I was surprised by the breadth of uh, restaurants on offer in Bognor Regis. So much so that I actually reached out to a friend mm. uh, to talk about what the town has to offer. Uh, actually... She's here right now, um, so I'll just let her in. One second. Oh my god. <laughs> I can never get into the voice and I lose it. Have you not got away. the phrase that gets you into it? Just the name, surely. <clears throat> Great. <laughs> <laughs> Hi and ciao, Bella, mi amiga. It's me again, Grape Delicious Bourdain, Northeast Southwest London's premier food critic and fifth highest rated contributor on Foursquare in the Slovak restaurant category in 2014. As you already know, I have a well-documented taste for the finer things in life. And since we bid adieu to plan B, I do plan to see more of what our amazing capital has to offer. But it turns out, Grape Delicious is not the only one desperate to fill her size 5 Louboutins with as many salmon croquettes as she can before it impedes her ability to outrun the butch lady in charge of the buffet table. Because some of London's most out-of-work COVID experts have taken to the kitchen themselves. In fact, just a fortnight ago, I was... Hi! In fact, just a fortnight ago, I was seen fleeing Chris Whitty's inner city beanery with a tumescent satchel of the top virologist's repugnant settee. Rita, I cannot recommend you do the same. Witty, if you want your satay back, I lobbed the sauce into a garden in London's happening made a veil. I think a dog ate it. 
Moments later, I was rudely papped mid-snack with a knapsack of lamb and clams from Jonathan Van Tam's traveling transit van. How fucking dare you! The hottest new mobile restaurant in town, according to Tatler Magazine, online. <laughs> Amazing. But something you won't hear me tattling about is Julia Hartley Brewer's nine courses and no fewer invite-only coachy skewers, which she serves out of a sewer like a wretched toilet ghoul from a Japanese myth. <laughs> no online bookings are allowed. You just need to know the exact sewer Julia Hartley Brewer calls home. Don't ask Grapes Alicious, though. My lips are sealed. Unlike Julia's, who likes to suck cold piss out of a pipe at every available opportunity. And you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> but enough about Grapes Alicious, reader, because I've just come back from Bognor Reaches, East East Southwest England's screamiest coastal party town, and the hub of modernary culinary cutting edge progress. According to booking.com forward slash Bognor underscore reaches forward slash booknow.php. Did you know? <laughs> the name is derived from Regis, meaning king, and Bognor, meaning dog bob. <laughs> but a fine dining savant like yours truly must keep their wits about them as they stomp along the clomp-trodden boardwalks of bougie Bognor, because in Bognor there are seagulls, drawn inexorably to the sleepy seaside town by hot, wet chips and gravy. Sounds familiar? Grapesalicious pleads the fifth. <laughs> but the awful bird's favorite dish is Chinese takeaway, with crispy tofu mock duck with a splash of Sichuan glaze, laser bean curd noodles with the fruity bamboo shoot to boot, <laughs> and set menu B with all of the brownest sides. Grapes Alicious learned the hard way and has the sweet and sour beak wounds to prove it. I was stabbed, gashed to within an inch of my life by soy ravenous girls. But luckily, my friend, the actor Jason Bateman, happened to be walking along Borgnor Esplanade and frightened the flock away by fanning at them with a sorbet A board from a beach adjacent gelateria. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve! <laughs> Say all of that again. I couldn't take in a single signifier in that sentence. All the syllables were different. No, it, it made sense. I was imagining it, it did. and then suddenly my eyes shifted sideways while I was trying to imagine it. Yeah. <clears throat> I was stabbed gashed to within an inch of my life by soy ravenous gulls, but luckily my friend, the actor Jason Bateman, happened to be walking along Bognor Esplanade and frightened the flock away by fanning at them with a sorbet A-board from a beach-adjacent gelateria. <laughs> Still, I'm gonna say fuck you again because I love it so much. But you know me, it will take more than a territorial seabird the size of a bumper car to keep me from Britain's most exciting new culinary frontier. Until next time, readers. Ciao! <laughs> oh my god. The, my favourite thing about Great Delicious Bourdain, apart from the fact she's magnificent, mm. is the fact that your hand goes very touchy-chesty when you talk mm. about her. It's like, that's your way of producing her you don't you don't have an activation word just start touching your chest and going well heavens to murgatroyd i'm grapes delicious for dead it's like steve it's like steve's the lamp and grapes delicious is the genie she just flies yeah. out of him when he rubs him's chest i do full body acting i can't help it i, li I literally cannot do the voice without doing a full of course you can't i, I always worry yeah i always worry when i'm doing voices like that I, I'm being a bit axy about it, but you can't do it. <laughs> it's um, just a little tip for readers as well. If you were looking for a new impossible-to-guess password, any two words in that entire feature will do. Like yeah, repellent, yeah, yeah. repellent satay, territorial seabirds, A-board gelateria. I don't think... It, you can say it to someone seven times, they still would not know what sequence of words you're saying. Yeah. It, uh, it, it, written down, I think it looks perfect. Oh God, it sounded amazing. Oh, it's so good. Set menu B with all the brownest sides is also wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it out. I love Grapes Delicious Four Dates so much. Mm.
Features. The regular features. These are the episodes of the regular features podcast. Their continuing mission to find a feature worth repeating. To seek out new features and regular features. To boldly feature where no feature had featured before. Regular featured before. Regular features! Regular features! Regular features! Anyway, I don't know about I don't know about you, but I've been reading recently Telephone Lovers Number One by Gilbert Oakley D Psy, which I can only assume means Dick of Cyclops or D Psy D C Y. Yeah, I think it means Doctor of Psychology, but spelt wrong. Yeah. I mean, you forge your own path down whatatever road this guy went. <laughs> but I, f- I first became aware of his work when um, Stuart, me boyfriend, purchased a book for our toilet. Uh, it was for my <laughs> birthday, but obviously intended to be put in our toilet. It was the toilet's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we all have. Why not celebrate? If you're going to shit in it every day, it deserves a present too. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so this this book he bought me called Telephone Lovers 1, and there was also another book um, that came with it that I haven't bothered to read yet called Telephone Lovers 2, which I'm showing you now. <laughs> They've got exactly the same cover. It's just the words 1 and 2 have been swapped. It's amazing. Yeah, and one of them has a more... You can tell how much I've... Well, I'm not going to show you both books, but you can just, as a reader, you can assume that one of them is more thumbed I, I assume one is more rare. Have you, you're starting with one and moving forwards c- c- canonically. Well, well, no, this is going to be the start of a trilogy, I think, of features, but Telephone Lovers will be over by the end of this because Gilbert Oakley has got a fucking amazing history of books he's written. But today, Telephone Lovers. Okay. Uh, Stuart bought me these books as a birthday present because he knows I'm more interested in talking about and laughing at the very absurd idea of sex than I am in actually doing it. <laughs> he gets me. He, basically, he gets me. And this book uh, was written in 1971 at a time when home telephones were becoming more commonplace mm-hmm. but were still the most modern and exciting thing to happen to the modern home. Housewives would squat over a Bakelite rotary phone and dial zero just to feel the disc rotating back into place on their bored housewife taint. <laughs> Men would jab their chodes into the holes and try to use the metal guard as a meat slicer on their increasingly calloused meters. But Gilbert Oakley D. Sy was not interested in this kind of brutish nonsense. He wrote Telephone Lovers 1 as part of a hard-hitting documentary on the strangest manifestation of this modern telephonic perversion. Word sex. I am going to read to you now from the actual forward in the book. Take a photo of it. It's actually there. All right, one sec. And this is... put this in behind the scenes. Put it in the behind the scenes. The very beginning of this, it, it, it... the first, the forward, the introduction to the book is, um, reads, The offence of making obscene telephone calls has persisted for as long as the telephone has been in existence. The advent of the telephone created an entirely new aspect of coprolalia, the urge to utter obscenities, or to hear them. Mysterious. Uh, so as long as the telephone... So- Alexander Graham Bell, he made a telephone. Bellend! Uh, yeah, sorry, what, carry on. The first thing he said was like, Hello? Have you got a big dick? If so, can you well, come no, meet he, the me first in my person chamber? he phoned was the Queen, Steve. I thought he phoned his assistant from the other room and said something weird like, Wow, oh, could you come see me in my 
chamber. Mary had a little lamb. Its dick was dead nice and I want to kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> From that introduction, you might be thinking that this is a serious kind of scientific book. You might ex- mm. you might be expecting scientific surveys. But I'm sorry to inform you that you're barking up the wrong book. That that introduction wasn't even written by Gilbert Oakley, but someone called June Greaves, who I have found impossible to Google. You just you just found lots of widows called June. <laughs> I, I googled June Greaves, June Greaves, sex expert, June Greaves, sexpert, June Greaves, potty mouth. <laughs> but yeah, no, apparently all that was the respectable intro. All Gilbert did for this book was write a few quite mucky scripts, but preceded by a short preamble. And what I'm getting at here is that Gilbert Oakley is basically 1970s regular features, which I am good. <laughs> I'm going to read to you now the actual bit in the book. It's um, from a, the chapter called... Here we go. I'm nearly there. This is chapter five of Telephone Lovers One called Lesbians on the Phone. I, I won't go through all of it. It's a bit wordy, but we'll stop when we get there. It really is like regular features. Lesbians of all ages, butch and femme, have been quick to realise the love potential of the telephone. There are many gay clubs in most large cities in Great Britain, many on the continent, of course, and also in the United States. Here, in these gay clubs for lesbians only, young, attractive, passive femme girls wait for butch partners to claim them, to take them home to their flats and pads and apartments to make love to them in ways known only to lesbians. <laughs> Whoa. How does Gilbert know about it? That'll be in the third part of the trilogy. Okay. Mm. <laughs> An ancient tome he unearthed in <laughs> Jerusalem. <laughs> telephone numbers are exchanged in these clubs. Girls and young butch women on arriving home engage in telephone lovemaking, which eventually leads to the real thing taking place. Real lesbian relationships being formed. Is that written with a sense of panic in his voice? Is it like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, the lesbians? No, I think he is genuinely getting off on every one of this. There's there's a lot of chapters, none of which are okay. <laughs> I feel like he needs to end each paragraph with brackets, and that's cool. And, I, I, and I'm okay with that. Are you? And if not, why not? <laughs> it's 1971. Get with it. Lydia is only 19. Beautifully dark, radiant, green-eyed. A sure girl one would think for men. But since 16, <gasps> when she was seduced... <laughs> Yeah, if this is really setting up a scene for like, I, I'm going to end it at this paragraph because, because it's just boring and my script that I made up after it is more fun. <laughs> but since 16, when she was seduced by a schoolmistress at a boarding school, Lydia has rejected men in favour of her own sex. A member of a gay club in London. <laughs> With Alan Bennett, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> She went home late one evening, and as she entered her flat, her telephone rang. So now, it's time to switch to the script, because this book is made mostly of set-up like that, and scripts. And I think I'd like to, for the benefit of the people in the Discord, our precious readers, read the original script. Oh, yeah. Anyway, here, here, we, here we go anyway. So, have you opened your script, please? Mm-hmm. Yes, I like you have written, this is not a Pussy Pals feature. You may relax. <laughs> <laughs> That's instruction to me and Joe. Because <laughs> this does sound like a transcript of a Pussy Pals cassette tape. Mm. It's yes. like a precursor to trucker porn. This, yeah, this is also... Yeah, that, that's... That's obviously why I was into it. Yeah, <laughs> this I, is very, that, like, this follows the pattern of the original Pussy Pals discovery of just, here's what it actually was, and here's the disgusting version I've written. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so this so, is the lesbian phone call, this 19-year-old green-eyed girl who's surely fit for a man. <laughs> yes, and, and I also, I will have dropped the sound effects into the folder, but I thought rather than playing them and fucking up the audio here, I'd let whoever's editing it do it. Great, you can just make them with your voice. So I know when to put them in. Yeah, I can do that. 
No, someone else do it because I've got to talk over it. <laughs> no, that's the best one. That's why we're using um, it. We're using that now. We'll, we'll, we'll stick a <laughs> load of effects on it. <laughs> we got you, Log. That's the sound of the phone ringing now. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Wait a minute, will you? I've got my tits in the oven. <laughs> 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 Oh, come on. If I take them out before they dry, I won't feel the benefit. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. All right, I'll finish them off with a towel, but I'm not happy. Click. <laughs> Hello, I'm a big bosh husky lesbian. Oh, and here's me and me yesterday's Grundies. If I'd known you were calling, I'd wipe me armpits. Oh, don't be absurd. I love them natural. I saw you slithering down the Carnaby Street, and I simply had to cram my fingers into the ten holes in my modern rotary telephone and talk to you. Well, I I feel like I should let you know something before we carry on this conversation. What is it, darling? I simply must know. Well, well, I'm a big bloody lesbian and all, and me fanny's wide open. That's the most convincing erotic writing by lesbians for lesbians thing I've heard all day. My tits just went dingaling. <coughs> Sorry, ladies. A bit of a uh, cross line. This is uh, quite a common occurrence in the 1970s. I uh, do apologise. Oh, no, it's a man. Oh, me fanny's snapped shut like a bear trap. Well, don't worry, my darling. I will crowbar it open with one of my many secret lesbian tools. What? Like, uh... Crowbar. How dare you? Don't be so reductive. You horrible monster. I mean, you're basically right. But there's a special attachment that we also use. A secret lesbian attachment beyond your imagination. It's a special attachment for fannies, you see. You wouldn't understand. A special secret attachment for magical lesbian fannies that grant passage to distant galaxies. I'm terribly sorry, but all this talk of fannies has made me come an absolute thimbleful. I must bid you good evening. Well, to be honest, that's put me right off my stride. Don't worry, darling. I'll flap my tongue around in my mouth and you hold the receiver to your legs. Hang on. Click. You hang up the phone. No, there's loads How of... Am I still here? There's clicks and... The clicks and unclicks are third parties coming in, which is what happened Ooh. in the 1970s and 80s. I'm very much used to this. This this is my life. <laughs> and it remains my life. Sound of a telephone being picked up. Oh. Oh, that's working a treat. I can, I can tell this isn't your first time doing long-distance lesbianism, is it? Oh, God, like me. We can take this out if you want, but I do feel like we need to make clear that the stage direction says, A pussy pal, I lied, la mau. <laughs> well, well, well. If I haven't picked up my whore phone and stumbled across a couple of chronic lesbos chatting squirt-spattered fucks into each other's muggy holes. Oh no, it's Carol from the Gay Club for Lesbians. Oh, she sounds like she can be a bit much. I mean, it's all girl. Oh, my legs don't even know which way they're headed. It's like a soggy Nelson's cradle down there. You dumb piece of shit, it's a Newton's cradle. You got it wrong, because you're thinking of Nelson's column. You're a cock-hungry hetero and not a beefy, queefy lesbo like me and Miranda here. I am too a gigantic lady puff. I like now more than tugging the ham out of a warmed up croissant with me teeth. Oh my god, that's the horniest thing I've ever heard. I just squirted so hard it knocked my budgie off its perch. Look, this is just getting a bit chaotic for me. I've had fun, but I'm going to hang up now and get back to drying my tits in the oven. Click, click. <laughs> well, for God's sake. The snail trails all over my apartment. I really need to put a bulldog clip on my fanny. Jesus Christ! Oh, that's better. That's what's in. That's better than what's in the book, is it, Log? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And I. <laughs> oh, Miranda! 
God. This I was expecting all the sound effects to be here, be put on officially. I wasn't expecting myself to be doing all the sound effects. <laughs> I, I look forward to hearing what sound effect is a telephone ringing played backwards followed by a pop that mm-hmm. insinuates that Miranda's come through the phone and arrived in the room. <laughs> Mar- that, that file's in the Google Drive, is it, Log? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Not yeah, but I've got two hours before I die. Just... <laughs> like the ring. Have you written this? And it's like the ring. You're just gonna I'm kill sign- you. I'm, I'm signing off. This is my last feature. <laughs> you said this was a trilogy. Oh, fuck you. I'm a technicality. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Miranda! Oh my god, you're here in real life now! I crammed the receiver at my hoo-ha just as you hung up, which activated a lesbian summoning rune. This also means we are gay married. Wow, I never realised I could be so happy. Let me just finally dry my tits with this (laughs) bit of J-cloth, and then we can go on honeymoon. Wait, darling. What is it, love of my life? I like them damp. This story is typical of the relationships of the inscrutable lesbian race. We must wish them every happiness while simultaneously marvelling at what it is they must do. I am Gilbert Oakley, and this is the 1970s. Join me next week when I will be talking about the even stranger world of the terrifying hallucinations that happen if you close your eyes for too long. And that is this book, Gilbert Oakley's Old Moore's dream book. <laughs> Why do you own all of these the fucking books? Yourself? It's okay to say fucking books, Steve. <laughs> Is that, that's going to his estate. <laughs> I've never done this before, but I know that my mum sometimes listens to this podcast, and I'd like to apologise to her after that, because that was horrible the things that you made me say there. And I'm not happy, Log. Well, I just think you're the one person who's been least compelled to be a pussy pal. That so is I thought, true. It was I think I've only been you, a... It's time to you fucking catch up, mate. I think I've been a pussy pal once before, but never alone. <laughs> I've never been left, <laughs> left so alone, screaming into the wind. I know that my mum sometimes listens to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And mum, if you're listening... Joe's mum sounds like a fucking nerd. I reckon you take her. <laughs> my mum will be the referee. She's too old to take part, but my God, she will be biased. <laughs> Did you ever buy yourself a beanie? An avian name to please the queen. You can fly in and out of the beehive With a bee name beneath bee wings Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening and... Guess what? If you enjoyed the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount of your choosing. It really does help us make the podcast. You know what? We're so grateful for your help. In return... Are you having a shit, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> can you just come back? We will give you your very own B name. That's right. We'll take up, take your old B name, your old human name off you, tear it into little pieces, feed it, to a bee, and what yeah. it spits out will be a very own bee name. If that doesn't make sense to you, well, you're not going <laughs> to. You were still listening now. <laughs> you're not going to enjoy the rest of this bit. You wouldn't have gotten this far if you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's the bee name bit, okay? Please give a bee name to the following new patrons: Aubrey Hesselgren. Aubrey Hesselgren, who has a bee name 1.0, but we're going to give them a bee name 2.0, which they can. Take or leave, mm-hmm. as is their want, as a supporter of the podcast. It's Why weird when... don't you grin and beer it? Grin and beer it. <laughs> grin, grin and, and beer, beer it. it. 
I will say that's not as good as Aubrey's original <laughs> B name, which we all what remembered independently because we liked what, it so much. What What was his original B name? I think it was Don't, don't Be Heslin Me. <laughs> that might, I, I feel like that was it. <laughs> that really stuck in my head. <laughs> Please give a B name to Will Todd. Fuck me upside out with your 4D B prong. <laughs> Okay, fuck me upside out. Your four D P prong. Uh, obviously, you yeah. couldn't fuck someone upside out with a three D B prong. You need to get the Klein bottle shit going on there. I just okay. want to. This isn't the B name. I just want to put it out there because okay. it's in my head. The B was sad because the flower will Todd. There we go. <gasps> Carry on. What? <laughs> okay. No, I liked yours better. Four D B no, prong no. is better. But if it's more. His name could be 4DB Prong with open brackets, fuck me upside out with your after it. I think that's <laughs> I think I think that's the one. <laughs> We've really muddied the honey here. I'm sorry, I shouldn't I shouldn't have done it. I just I thought of it and fuck if I'm wasting that. What do you want, Joe? Joe, you want that to be the beaning. No, I want, want the 4DB prong. You wouldn't have said it. You wouldn't have said it. I would. I wouldn't have put you, it out there. You can I have that as that one, and I can just give that as the next name. It's not a fuck. No, I don't think Will name. Todd's going to like that, though. He's going to... I don't think Will Todd's going to, like, fuck me upside out with your 4DB prong. No, his name, his name is actually... With his... his name is 4DB prong. Featuring, with that. featuring <laughs> fuck me upside down with it. So, yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, that's it. Okay, right. So 4D B prong. Then it was in like brackets. Feet, in, feet, in, in, feet, no, no, it's not feet. Dot. It just makes sense with feet. It's 4D B prong. Open brackets. Fuck me upside out with your close oh, right, brackets. It, yeah, yeah, that yeah, wouldn't yeah, make yeah. sense with a feet. That's correct, yeah, isn't yeah. it? That makes perfect sense now without the feet. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. It's taken ages. <laughs> Got some more B names to do. Okay. No. <laughs> Please give a B name to Danny Webb. We've done a web recently, so I'm just going to say kiss, kiss, sting, sting. Time to die. <laughs> Please give a B name to Jonathan Ersprung. Spring Ersprung and the bee... Flies free. <laughs> and finally, please give a B name to Matt McDonald. Think of what a B might be called. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking of a cork mat. Cork Trying to bring matting. you back to the brief a bit. <laughs> thinking of a cork matting. You're thinking of a cork matting. Yeah, and I think a B might sting that. Steve looks absolutely aghast at this turn. Right. Honestly, the I've F, stopped thinking about F it. Of... I just want to see what Log's going to do next. Mm. <laughs> Fizzy B fuck. <laughs> fizzy? You didn't even say fizzy B fuck. You said fizzy B fuck. Fizzy B fuck. No, B I was going to say fizzy B fuck. <laughs> it goes to Ibiza. <laughs> fizzy B in brackets, goes to Ibiza. <laughs> All right, I started this one drunk, and I'm no less drunk now. So fuck you for making me do this. <laughs> we should do the B names at the beginning of the podcast from now on, I think. Yeah, solemn, solemn B names. Mm. I think they'd appreciate it if we just all came to it with that absolute A game. A 7am A game. <laughs> for, like, well, like I do my wordle in the mornings when my brain yeah. is still waking up. So I get the proper stream of consciousness. Yeah, I and mean, we're very much on try six on the B names at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do the B name and it comes up with few. <laughs> Just... <laughs> well, if you'd like your own B name, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out. You also get access to the Beehive, that is the patron exclusive Discord, which I've been mm. looking at today. Uh, there was a fantastic little anecdote about someone almost dying in a swimming pool at Butlands that I really enjoyed. And a phrase. Oh, what was the phrase that someone said? Oh, someone's under, agile was, grandfather, I think you enjoyed? Uh, yeah, what's the exact phrase? While you find that was, phrase, I also want to call out uh, Mega Slippers <laughs> for saying, <laughs> my French... I, this, I'm going to offer this without any context. My French lads are going to get clowned so hard, I'll need restorative vague meats. <laughs> Which could be a fucking Grapes Delicious Bourdain segment, so... <laughs> 
very good and also, work. And I'm looking at a lovely artist's rendition of the little crab with the gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's fan art on there. Oh, um, NMO87 said, and I saw this without context and did not want to know the context, clearly an agile grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> made me smile. It's very good. Very good. Um, all sorts of fun unfolding relentlessly on the Discord. Get involved. We'll be back next week with another episode, episode of, of regular the regular, regular features, features podcast. podcast. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.